Welcome to Live to Grind. My name is Brennan C. Adams, serial entrepreneur, inventor, TV creator, and speaker, passionate about helping others create something great and become unforgettable. Join me each week to discuss practical ways to help you increase your income and impact as an influencer in your industry. My goal is to help you take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan T. Adams, and on today's show, we have Ed Buckley of PureFit. You know, Ed, this is a fun show, especially if you're in fitness or anything you want to learn how to scale a company, Ed talks about this. And at the beginning, we start about, talk about how Ed, his early beginnings, and even in college, it was nine years in college he did. But for you college students out there, he shares some tips on how to actually like use the most of college and leverage it. He also was building businesses while in college. And then we go into PureFit, which is what it is, is for companies to allow their employees or anybody to buy credits to go to different studios or workout places across the country and to make it very feasible for you to invite others to go with you, to make it more like a community when you work out. And it makes it simple. And I really love the concept. Actually, I'm looking to get into it right now. And next year, especially when Samantha and I travel to use PureFit across the country, country for different studios that we can go to and be able to access them easily. But he talks about how he's grown that business, how they've been able to expand very fast into many different markets. He actually based out of Tampa, Florida, and how Ed and I met was actually when Samantha and I were in St. Augustine here a few weeks back, we met up with a couple as Emma and Bill. Emma talked about how Ed was, she talked about PureFit and their company and how Ed was CEO and Ed seemed just like me. So I'm like, I got to have this guy on the show. And it turns out to be very correct. We are very similar in how we do things and just energetic. But uh, I really enjoyed this show. I think you'll get a lot out of it. You'll learn about growing a company, scaling it, working with your employees, talk about the power of Slack, using Slack and Trello. We talk about he gives some of his best tips and also books to read and what he plans on doing in the future with PureFit. So you're going to love this show. But before we get into it, I just want to remind you, if you are looking to build your personal brand, we have the opportunity for you. If you go to AccelerantMediaGroup.com, that is AccelerantMediaGroup.com, we help you build your personal brand. We help you become a person of influence and show the world how badass that you are. And we can do video marketing for you. We can do any kind of marketing with, with the videos, the writing, through creating your personal brand, through pictures, anything you need to be seen as an influencer in your industry, we can do it. And you can work directly with me. So go to accelerantmediagroup.com, check out our services, check out what we have to offer and contact us. Let us know how we can help you and we'll jump right on and help you build your brand tomorrow. So let's jump right into it with Ed Buckley. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Ed Buckley, which it's kind of funny, this story, how we got introduced. As you all know, in the past, what, a couple weeks ago, I talked about going to St. Augustine with my girlfriend, Samantha. Well, we went out, and you know how we're always the kind that communicate and talk with other people. Well, we met a couple, and let me tell you, we like talk forever, and one thing led to another, and... She said, "Hey, you gotta you gotta talk to my my boss here. His name's Ed. He has this company called PureFit, and this is what we're doing." And I was so like inspired by it, and I'm like, "Dude, I gotta have this guy 
on my show. I want to hear this. And well, Ed, here we are today, and we're going to hear about how you built PureFit and everything you've done as an entrepreneur. And you're you're in Tampa, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. I'm in Tampa. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're like, dude, you're only a couple hour drive from here. And past guests, actually, Kevin Harrington's in St. Pete. Forbes. Yeah. yeah Not Forbes far. Riley's in St. Pete. Yeah. There, there's Tampa's a good area. I like it. It's, it's blowing up. You know, the last few years when Jeff Finnick came in, bought the Lightning, him and Bill Gates put $3 billion together and basically bought up and renovated downtown. You get a lot of uh, new things when yeah, that Yeah, I know. It's so. a great area. There's a lot of celebrities there. And I actually, one of my business partners, their family has a place in, in Tampa. We stayed there a couple times, but I love Clearwater. I do. The beach there is amazing. And, uh, Anyways, I'm talking about vacation spots, but uh, let, let's jump into the show. So let's before we get into PureFit, Ed, tell me about your beginnings. Like where, where did you even grow up and what got you into this entrepreneurship thing? Probably uh, my beginnings are the reason that the reason that I am the way that I am today. So my father was in the military, right? He was in the Marines, then he was in the Navy. We moved around all the time. So just as you talked about, you know, talking to anybody. Well, when you move every two to three years as a kid, you pretty much learn how to speak to anybody at any time from any background. Um, and then honestly, as much as it probably sucked as a kid, I I love it now. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I've seen so much of the country and just. You learn how to fit in and talk to people, which is really, in essence, pitching people, right? You learn how to read them and how to communicate with them. So we moved all over, mainly in the southeast, Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia. I spent a lot of time in Florida. My dad's family's from Boston and New Jersey. So we were like raised in the south but have this strong northern influence. We're just a total mess. Um, And, uh, you know, I finished high school in North Carolina and then – I had a full ride to either stay uh, in North Carolina or come to Florida. And I was like, as a kid, I got to get the heck out of North Carolina. I lived, I didn't live in the fun part. I lived in Eastern North Carolina with like the tobacco fields. So, you know, came down to the university of Florida, did my undergrad in three years. And that fourth year, I just said, Hey, I got a free year. Let me do something. And that's when I started my first company and it was centered around the idea of wellness. And it was really doing research and saying, man, these companies are charging so much to do such a bad version of wellness. Um, I bet I can do this way better, right? And built a company where we serviced wellness programs for the city of Atlanta, Atlanta Public Schools, a company down in Gainesville. And within a few years, it paid for me to go to grad school. And that's what locked me back into grad school doing my master's in public health. Then I got my PhD in, in digital health behavior and that's where PeerFit started. How many years of college do you have? I'd, I'd need an abacus to, to try to add that up. I don't know. I was in college uh, five, probably about somewhere between eight and nine years. Oh my God. And you're, you're 31 now, right? Well, you Correct. Spent, yep. mm-hmm. You spent a lot of time in college. <laughs> I did. But you know what? While a lot of people spend that time just going to school, I was able to start three companies. You, so you that was you know a, a blessing. So two, two things mm-hmm. that I want to learn. For one – what did you learn from traveling to these different cities? Because my girlfriend and I are traveling, going to live in 12 cities in 12 months next year. And my thing is I want to see how entrepreneurs yep. vary across the country. So what, what is one thing you learned about people, how they varied in different cities? Well, the thing you have to find out is who's from that city and who's visiting that city because they act totally differently. The people who aren't from there are quite bristly generally about like these local cultures. Um, but as you get in – 
humans invariably have like the same set of traits and then totally opposite traits on, on based of where they live. And I think a lot of it has to do with growing up in different yeah. weather, right? Like in Florida, it's sunny. You get to have a totally different attitude. You're probably more cavalier because you're out and about all the time. You're probably showing off more skin. You, you're just happier because you have sun. Well, if you grew up in the Midwest where six months out of the year it's, you know, 10 degrees, you automatically don't think that way. And when you see the the Florida people, you know, flaunting around in their bathing suits in February, you're like, oh, I hate those people. Right. So it's just interesting how how you start to get different. I, I think, like I said, weather really combines us all and kind of drives a lot of our behaviors. I mean, look at fitness attendance in the Midwest in winter. Right. Like, I'm not going to go work out and get sweaty and then walk into 10 degree weather. So uh, there's just a complete shut off of fitness activity from a statistical Very standpoint. Few, you know, it's funny you say that. It's true. Less people do. For me, I actually, I mean, I work. I always worked out. And I, I. So my girlfriend and I moved to Florida six months ago, and we we lived in Iowa. Well, I lived in Iowa my whole life, and I mean, we're talking. I know so below know. zero. You know. when yeah. I was in Des Moines. I remember I'd always wake up. It, it helped when we had first moved there. I lived downtown, so there's a skywalk, so I could walk to the gym without having to go outside. But I did. I started doing a lot of yoga. And I remember getting my vehicle and it, my truck, and it'd be like below zero. And I go to do hot yoga, then I come out steaming. Like, <laughs> talk about the worst. But you know, it, I, I appreciate in coming from the Midwest, the weather being so cold. Now I come down south, I'm like, whoa, why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> Look, I always tell when they, I always hear, oh, you're so lucky. There's nothing lucky about it. That was a choice. You have the same choice. Come on down. Come on so, down. Let's talk about college. So I. I got a, a four-year degree in college, and I wasn't probably the best student. I, I learned from my, my journey and my mistakes, but I, I took some things away from college that I actually used as an entrepreneur. Actually, one of my top mentors I found in college. So for you, what would be the key things you took away from college that you use in your business today or for anybody listening that are college students, how they can leverage college for their business? Sure. You know, I think college is a really interesting opportunity. As all opportunities, if you walk in and think things are just going to be done for you or you go to four years and you get a degree and you're like, now I'm smart and now things happen for me, right? Like that just doesn't no. happen. So uh, what I would say is the best thing college taught me was actually how to hustle, right? You go there and look, I was from out of state. I'm not from a wealthy family. I knew no one on day one when I showed up there. So I was so far behind the eight ball and there were kids who could literally just coast through because their parents were going to pay for them and they knew everyone and the professors knew them, right? I wasn't there. So I, I realized really quickly college is going to be what you make of it. And and I tell my sister this who's you know college age, I say – you're going to college to get a set of skills. You're not there to get a degree. You're not there really to get an education it, the way that it's packaged. You're really wanting to cipher off a set of skills that are going to be useful to you regardless of what you use. And so when I was trying to decide my major, I didn't decide my major, man, what is something I already know a lot about and I want to know more? I looked at it and said, what's something I don't know a lot about that's going to help me out with the things I already know? So I already knew health. I, I didn't want to necessarily do health as an undergrad yeah. degree. Um, there's a lot of different you know, health science programs. So that's why I went and did communications. Because if I could learn from a structured standpoint how to approach communications uh, and research, 
then that would be really beneficial for me later on, which my master's and PhD are both in the health fields, right? But they taught me how to do formal research and formal approach of, of communications, which, like I said, that set of skills is so useful, whether it's in health, whether it's in finance, you know, whatever industry you happen to be in. Communications, I mean, very powerful. I look back, and if I was going to go to college again, if I did have to, I would say communication is probably – I would get my major in that because, I mean, we're always communicating. If you can oh. communicate – the rest, I mean, can fall in place. As long as you can talk to somebody, be right. personal, and and be able to build a reputation with them. Yep. You know, I, I think – and when some people think communications, right, when they heard PR, they thought, oh, Ed, you're a great speaker. You're going to love PR. And that's like 0% of PR, right? It's, it is that formal evaluations of a communications campaign, that integrated marketing between advertising, PR, marketing. How do they fit together and how do you make the right blend when you're approaching your brand? Uh, and, and I'm sure Maria, who's listening, would probably appreciate the fact that that's where I cut my teeth you know, early on was understanding the important role of communications in that you know, whoever runs it, whether it's marketing or PR or advertising, they need to have a seat at the leadership table, right? They are one of the single most important um, aspects of your company that will end up touching every sales division, right? Every email yeah. campaign, every, everything will run through your marketing, you know, and brand. You need to, yeah, your brand and, and your market, you need to make sure the communication that you're putting out there is, resonates with the audience so they can actually understand it. Yep. You know, a lot of people, yeah. I, I talk to so many entrepreneurs and they, I just don't get it, like what they're doing and what they stand for. And when that happens, there's confusion and then, well, there's no success to come from it. Or even worse, they made their brand what they want it to be, not what their customers need it to be. They're like, well, this is what I like and this is what I'm going to do. Therefore, and that's probably one of the worst mistakes a lot of young entrepreneurs make. You have to cater it to your audience and the ones well, also that are going to pay your bills. <laughs> it's going to buy your yeah. product. Hopefully pay your bills, right? <laughs> Hopefully. So, so you got the college experience. Uh, before we even get to PureFit, how often do you work out? Like what's your workout schedule? You know what? So, so I should apologize. Right. That's why I'm drinking so much water. By the way, this is my US mug. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, so this morning I went and worked out too. with my team. So <laughs> yep, there it is out of a solo cup, no mm. less. Um, so I would say what we try to do is it's not about the physical activity. It, it is really about the social aspects. So when we peer fit, right, when we work out, we don't do it by ourselves. We generally are inviting our teammates, other people from the community. If you're friends with us on Facebook individually, you'll see at the beginning of the week, we'll say, hey, these are the five spots I want to go to this week. Who wants to go with me? Or I don't know what I'm doing Wednesday. Who wants to go? So this morning I went to one of our um, person who works at PeerFit, Alexandra. She's an instructor. So me and one of our ambassadors from Cincinnati happened to be in town. So we went to her uh, Pilates class this morning. So I would say I probably do like four to five different classes a week. Do you do you do any other kind of forms of exercise besides classes? Oh man, I walk so much, right? Um, I probably walk 15 to 20,000 steps a day, number one. And uh, on the weekends, usually on Sunday, what I try to do is get up and go for a bike ride. We live in right downtown Tampa. So just going and, you know, biking around downtown Tampa is awesome. So between just being active, you know, moving and having four or five really unique classes that you blend together, it, it's a great way to just be healthy. Yeah. So Emma, when she was talking about you, uh, 
when, Emma's the way a beast. She, so you, yeah. got to meet, you got to meet, yeah, that's not how everybody else is. She's a the beast. Way, the way Emma described you, it reminded me of myself because I'm always going, like, I'm mm-hmm. nonstop, like, what's the next thing to do? And, like, for me, my girlfriend and I work out at the gym every single day, but then we'll, we'll throw in a run here and there. I, I got to say, I used to do a lot of class. I actually used to do yoga four times a week, and then we moved, and there wasn't anything, well, convenient for me to go to. Um, but I, I love changing it up. I don't want to plateau, but you're right. When you work out, this this goes. Did you play sports at all? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you play? So I wrestled, did cross country, and did gymnastics. Okay, sweet. My girlfriend loved it. She's big in gymnastics. But the the whole concept of camaraderie, the as a team when you're working out and being a part. Of, I played rugby. I did football. I did all these things, and even for yoga, that's one thing. When you're in the group, you feel like a community, and they're always like, give a hug or high five, all this stuff. It's powerful, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think about this morning. So here I am, and you're a male who did yoga, so you appreciate this. I'm the only guy in the Pilates class this morning, but even still, you have your own machine. You kind of have your own, your own world. I don't look at the girl next to me, and you're in sticky socks on the Pilates. I'm just like, hey, give me a foot high five over here, right? Like, <laughs> let's share the love. Yeah, I can relate to that. I've gone to yoga classes where there's like 15 girls and there's me. I'm just this guy that's <laughs> by himself. It's powerful though. Look, it can. you might as well own the elephant in the room here, right? You're either super awkward because you're the only guy and you're going to be like, uh, or just be like, yeah, I'm the only but dude and I'm going to go up and talk to everybody. You know, just the address thing. the elephant like, in the room. I, I don't care because I know the power of what it does for my mind and my productivity, no matter what kind of fitness. And that's why I think everybody listening – you should don't for one don't make excuses. I know Ed is very busy and I'm a busy guy. We all make time. It's like you make commitment to eat every single day. You should make the commitment to work out or do some kind of physical activity every single day because it's good for your health. It's good for you as a human. And, and once again, forget about the physical aspects of like losing weight or building muscle. It's so good for you mentally. And and I think of I read this article and there's a really controversial topic of young new mothers, right, who want to devote all their time to their their new baby, and, and they forego being active, right, because they think that they're going to be judged. And there's this whole study that said, basically, they stopped exercising, they were regular exercisers before, because they didn't want to be looked at as being vain, right, because, oh, there she is, she's going to the gym when she has a new child, when really, yeah. it's like, dude, if you want to be a great mother, you want to have the mental capacity to, to deal with this new child, you should go be active, right? It's going to help you out a lot. So uh, Emma is, is knows me better than when she goes on more trips with me than anyone. <laughs> and so she understands when we're on a trip, you know, our schedule from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. is blocked and we're going to work out during that time. And so once again, we're having 13, 14 hour days of meetings and running around town and there's yeah. no downtime. But we make time to go and exercise and visit our studios across our whole network while we're on the go. So let, let's go into so the audience knows. Let's go into your company, Pure Fit. Sure. How did this idea even come about? Let's talk about from the beginning when the idea, the light bulb yep. went on. Yep. So I took over. I was a group fitness instructor in grad school, and I took over somebody's class. And they said, "Hey, look, it's just been stagnant. Do something with it to like drum up some energy." And as you probably are, as well as I am, I'm pretty blunt, and I'll ask anybody anything. So. My goal was to ask everybody new that came to class, why did you come, right? What made you come now versus before? And it was something really simple. They were talking about how I would write the workouts on the board and leave it up so everyone could see what our class was going to do. And they said, just giving me a little bit of information made me feel comfortable enough to come to group fitness class. So started doing a lot of research about how 
crappy it was to be able to access information about group yeah. fitness schedules. At the time, they were all paper PDFs. And, and I knew there was something there, right? People love group fitness. They love being around people. It is the best retention tool of any fitness studio or gym. Uh, but the access to the information is limited. They're, they're bundled up. You can't unbundle them. Um, and then I met my co-founder, Scott Peoples. He was doing his MBA at the time at the University of Florida. I was just telling him, like, this is what I'm working on. I, I'm going to do this, right? I'd already started working on it for months, and, and we meet, and he's like, I totally get it. Let's do this. And we just knew digitizing group fitness and unbundling it in a way to make it more consumable was going to be what we were going to do, right? Now, how it evolved along the time to let everybody know what it is that we do today, right? What we feel is is wellness has been broken and stale for a long time. And group fitness is probably one of the single best solutions we could be using, but we don't because the way insurance companies and employers manage it is, well, here's your big box gym subsidy to LA Fitness and YMCA. I hope that's good enough. And also fill out some paperwork every time you go. Ridiculous. So we said, well, let's redefine wellness, right? Let's make it a consumer-driven solution that we roll back up into enterprise health. So what we did was made digital currency, kind of like tokens at an arcade, where you get to hop around and spend two tokens here and one token here and three tokens here, um, except at all these studios. So your employer buys up a big bulk of this currency that maybe their insurance company helped pay for, maybe they did it themselves. And whenever you want to go somewhere anywhere, you just reserve a class and you go. It pays the studio. It sends the engagement data back to the employer and the insurance carrier. So there's no reimbursement forms that have to go anywhere. They're able to see that you're actually going. And you, the individual, can now be like, this morning I want to do Pilates. Tomorrow I want to do boot camp. Thursday I want to do bar method, right? You can hop around and go wherever you want to go, which is beautiful. There's no friction. And the reason we call it peer fit is so that you and your peers can go, right? When you're doing a reservation, it asks you, hey, do you want to invite someone? Maybe you want to invite Emma again. Maybe you want to invite Alexandra because she kicked your butt this morning at Pilates and you want to make sure that she has a terrible time tomorrow at class. So um, we always tell people we're not really a wellness solution. Your peers are the wellness solution, right? Just giving you flexible access, okay, that might be nice, but you're not going to generate this long-term stickiness. What does is making it so freaking easy that you and your peers can go to classes together. They really are the wellness solution, not us. So is it the, the big companies that you go after to, to basically pay for this, this, this uh, peer fit per, to pay for this option? Yeah. So I'll use an example that we have right now, right? So Aetna, big insurance company, right? One of the largest entities um, in the health plan world. As of right now with mid-market and large market, they're already handing out different amounts of wellness dollars every year, right? And in the past, maybe the employer would take that and buy gift cards for lunch and learns or pay for, like I said, a big box gym subsidy that nobody ends up going to. So what they do now is they just take that money that Aetna gave them and they buy up PeerFit credits for their employees to use. Right back to Emma. This show's basically about Emma today. Um, <laughs> so Emma used to used to work at a place where she was in charge of rolling out PeerFit. So she used to be one of our clients. Actually, they had a big box gym subsidy. Seventy five percent of the people that were using their subsidy had not been to the gym one time. So they were wasting seventy five cents of every dollar they spent on wellness. We came in and said, how about you spend all that money and buy a PeerFit credits 
and we quadrupled the number of people that were actively going places. I mean, in Jacksonville, right, not too far from from you, you're sitting here talking about there's 50 studios in that network in PeerFit. 30-something of them have been visited by the St. Vincent's employees alone. Imagine if you're that CFO or HRVP or CEO and look at it and say, from a sense of community and culture, my employees or associates, as they call them, my associates have visited over 30 locations across this community. And we're paying for people to go where they want to go. I mean, it's really astounding. So if we work at the same company, then we can invite different coworkers to come work out with yes. us. Yes. Even if you work at different companies, if you guys both have PeerFit, you can do it. Right here in Tampa, there's a collection of different employers, and we just invite each other. Hey, I work at PeerFit, and you work at you know such and such company. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to class tonight. Let's go. If you all have PeerFit credits, anybody, you know, you can all go. I love it. It sounds fun. I mean, it makes the, the puts the fun in working out and actually being a part of the community. What what was it like? So tell me the first customer you got on board. Like, wh- how did you acquire that? Yeah, there was a couple that all happened at the same time. Um, I'll use Emma's because they were literally one of the first. So we had gone through the Healthbox Accelerator. It's a business startup accelerator. We came out top innovation of our class. We had gotten to know the St. Vincent's group um, simply because they were kind of mentors. They volunteered their time. I remember I met Emma early on. And I was like, what a spark fire. For those of you who don't know, she's an Australian, just literally spark plug of energy. And here she is running kind of the, the enterprise health operations over at this hospital system. And typically when you're dealing with hospitals, it's very kind of like, mm, right, that's who you're dealing with. And, and we meet her over the phone. I was like, oh, my gosh, she has so much energy. This is going to be the greatest champion to roll out our, our program. And we are so fortunate uh, to have her as our champion because it wasn't easy to get that done, right? Um, St. Vincent's is part of a larger uh, organization, Ascension Health. And so the the contracting and legal that we had to go through was months and months and months of, of red tape. But finally we got it there and we rolled it out. It's funny, we rolled it out, I think like a Thursday or Friday as a digital launch. Just, hey, associates, you now have this benefit, sign up. And then the next week we were going to come on site and do tabling. I remember... <laughs> We showed up and there was already people who had already signed up for PeerFit, reserved classes, and gone to classes by the time I showed up Monday. There were women that came up to me at table and said, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. By the way, I've already been to this class. These are my three girlfriends and we all got a class together and we're already reserved for class next week. Like imagine the feeling as a co-founder to see this group of people, not just using your product, but people who hadn't been active in years. I mean, once again, the people who use PeerFit aren't super young fit people, right? They, they've already got what they're doing. They don't need PeerFit. Yeah. But it's that 45-year-old mom who has been given the YMCA or LA Fitness as a you know prescription, essentially, for the last 10 years. And she's like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do there. Yeah. When all of a sudden it's, do you and your girlfriends want to go to that Zumba class nearby or that yeah. dance studio that you've been looking at? And they're like, heck yeah, I do. Wait, I don't have to do anything except just go? Done, right? Like it's really powerful to see. So for you – and by the way, for listeners, Emma is a person that I met. My girlfriend I met in St. Augustine and got talking about you and she is a firecracker and I think the law of attraction came into play there because we're both like full energy and we end up talking to each other. But for for this business and I always want to figure out how do you monetize it? So for you, yep. where do you guys make money in this business and what's your long term with the company? 
So for us, we are frankly in the business of selling credits, right? That's what we call our little digital coins is Purefic credits. So that's what we're in the business of doing is selling those. Now, we have gone through this leverage game of you start at the bottom of leverage and selling it to one employer at a time, one employer at a time. Obviously, that's not scalable across the whole country. Yeah. Uh, but it was useful to go up to the next leverage point, which was insurance brokers. They had seen their clients using it. Now they know that they needed to place it. And then once we had enough of those, we went up the leverage scale, which is as leverage as you can possibly get, which is to the insurance plans themselves, right? The United, Cigna, Aetna. And, and for us, what we say is, look, Aetna, you're already spending all this money. You're doing it in a blind way. You can't see anything. You have no transparency of those dollars. And by the way, you can't talk to all of these different studios like we can. So to be able to work with an Aetna, who, by the way, has really run out in front of the other carriers with this, um, while we process dollars from United and Cigna uh, and Aetna and we're invested in by you know the blues, Aetna by far has run the fastest and realized, oh, my gosh, you know, we need we need this. It makes us look innovative. It, we're an insurance company, right? Like our approval ratings are worse than Congress some some years. So for them to be able to to come to the employers and say, hey, I've got something really useful. You don't have to search for it, and we've already baked it in into the things we were going to give you. Right? It looks great. So for us, uh, we make money when we sell credits, and and having these leverage partners basically going and, and helping us place the credits is a tremendous a tremendous leverage you know, asset for us. So if nobody buys credits, doesn't use it, then there's no money dispersed. So they don't have, they're not, is that correct? Kind of. So like I always use the arcade analogy, your mom gives you money and you turn it into tokens, right? At that point, the arcade has the $20. Now, however much you use of it, right, is going to be um, how much they have to reimburse. So when an employer buys up perfect credits, that money's been spent. We're just there to make sure it gets spent wisely over the course of their population throughout that entire year, you know, engaging as many people as possible. And we put a stop loss in there as well to make sure that if they don't spend, you know, a certain amount, we're going to keep reinvesting it to make sure that they get some good engagement. So you guys are going for the insurance companies and which gets more people in, but also like, let's say me, I just want to. Yeah. Get into pure fit. Yeah. Like a rat, random single entrepreneur can do that? Yeah, so anyone can buy pure fit credits, right? Like while our primary distribution is through Enterprise Health, any person can go to purefit.com and buy a package of credits. And same thing, it works the same way. You're buying up your own little piggy bank of credits and you can choose, you want big, medium, small? Do you want to change it month to month? Do you want to buy a big block and use it over the course of six months? You're, you're individually just buying up credits and your experience is the exact same as someone whose employer is paying for it. You have the same dashboard. You can invite the same people. You see the same studios. It's the exact same experience. I love it. I love it. So looking back on where you are, how, how, how big are you guys now? How many uh, states are you in? Uh, how many different locations? That is a hour-by-hour hour change, right? Um, so we partnered with MindBody, which is the big you know, studio management software provider. And you know, not only do we partner with their reservation system kind of powering our reservations, but they've really become a nice partner in our expansion. So this morning alone, right, they're opening up 43 different marketplaces and telling studios, wow. hey, you should uh, work with PeerFit. So uh, while yesterday I might have told you, oh, we're in 40 markets, by the end of today, we might be in 50 or 60, uh, depending on how well the campaign goes today. So 
we are trying to move out of the mindset of thinking about markets and really kind of thinking about a Verizon map, right? Like that's how we want to think about coverage is how dense are we in a certain area? Not, oh, we have that market or we don't. That, that's really what we're moving from on the leverage side of going from low leverage on the studio supply to high leverage uh, with our supply. So looking back on it, what, what was one of the one or two pivotal things that you did to be able to expand this so fast. You guys are growing really fast. Like if you look at two things you did that really helped the growth of PureFit, what were they? Uh, I, th- I think it's the same thing. It's we got really good people. And, and what I mean by that is not just employees or staff. We got great advisors. We got great investors. We had just – we surrounded ourselves with incredibly competent, experienced people and we listened. And my goodness, we went to them often how can you help us here? What should we be doing here? Their ability to open doors for us that we could not open on our own. Like our, our, our chief growth officer today is Todd Slaughter. Uh, before he was with us, he was an advisor for a year. And before he was our advisor, he was a senior vice president at Aetna, right? So his ability to open doors and know how we should be navigating to the carriers, whether it was Aetna or Cigna or whomever, he, he knew more in his pinky than the rest of our whole company did, right, when it came to that. So you had the right team. You have the dream team. You have the mentors. You have the people that can help you get into yep. places that they built years of reputation with. Yep, yep. I mean, once again, Emma's a great example of that, right? She was a client. She ha- has years of experience. Todd's an example. Just recently, we brought over Adam Lowe as our new CTO. Same thing. He was inside of that Aetna digital world. He was at a startup that got acquired by um, Aetna. So he knew exactly what it's going to take to build into that system. And, and that's what we've been trying to do is, is really bring years of experience to kind of our own energy and passion that we had. So what are some of the, as you're growing, I know, like as you scale, there's some, and I'm, I'm seeing this too, as you scale, there's complexity, there's some obstacles. What are some obstacles that you are overcoming as we speak, as you grow fast? Yeah. Man, I mean, there's, this could take up a whole hour show. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think about, you're trying to maintain processes. Well, at the same time, you grow out of processes so quickly. So being married to being a process-driven company, and that's where... My co-founder, Scott Peoples, and Chris Patton, those two are just process geniuses. They understand how to build processes, how to run those processes. I'm constantly breaking them. Um, <laughs> and, and, and once again, something that works for you for two, three months and you've just trained all this new staff on, you hit another inflection point. That's a completely obsolete process now, right? So to understand that you have to be process driven, but it can change so quickly is such a friction point. Whether it's your studio sales, whether it's account management, whether it's you know dev development, you just start running so fast that the types of people and the way they operate change very, very quickly. And you have to understand that just because someone was in a role at a certain time doesn't mean that they should still be in that role as you start to grow. So for you, what is your core strength as the leader of this team? What do you consider your core strength as an entrepreneur? Uh, look, I, I don't know if it's a strength of all the time and probably my team would agree with that. I, I'm really passionate and I'm really persistent, right? So in the right environment, that is how I go out to break down doors, right? Like that's pretty much what I'm here to do is I, I'm there to go gather resources and, and Scott and Chris Patton are there to put those resources to use. But because I'm good at going and breaking down doors and bothering people until they come work with us, 
you know, in the wrong environment, it can be intense and really shut people down, right? Like, that's why I try not to spend a considerable amount of time internally day to day with people, because I will just wear them down going through everything that they're doing. So, you know, I think that's also something that every leader should learn how to do is to be mindful of their own strengths and therefore their weakness, whatever that is, you have to be the one constantly kind of gauging yourself of, where are you effective? Where are you not effective? Are you starting to step on people's toes? You know, you got to be aware of that. And, and I think that's probably the greatest trait any leader can have is mindfulness of their own situation. I think we share some of the same obstacles at times. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it was right. We are very like, uh, yeah. tell me, tell me what your day looks like on a regular basis. Like what and it could change all time, but like sure. from you wake up in the morning to night, what do you do? What are some of your habits and things you do for your company? So uh, actually, I I try to do the exact same things every day, whether I'm traveling or not traveling. So that's one of the more important things that I espouse to everybody is whether you're traveling or not, try to keep the same habits. I, I get up around the same time every single morning and I just spend time by myself. Right. I, I want to read some emails. I want to go on a walk. I really want to prep myself for the day. And then I try to spend my morning talking to all of my team members. And that's not just like senior executives. I like to spend time talking to people throughout the organization. If I feel like I have a really good pulse on what's going on, I feel like I'm confident when I go and speak externally. Maybe that's to our board, to investors, to partnership people. But I want to feel confident. The way that I feel confident is constantly talking to them. And at the same time, I think it allows them a different outlet than that day-to-day team that they work with, right? Uh, I'm pretty blunt, and I see things probably much differently than they do, and I don't hesitate to say, well, why are we doing things that way? Or, you know you know what? You really could use such and such partnership. Why don't I go out and talk to them? So my morning is spent on the phone communicating with our with our team, and then pretty much the rest of the day I'm in – meetings. They're partnership meetings, they're investor meetings, uh, they're internal kind of strategy meetings. The afternoon, once again, I, I go and I walk and kind of clear my head. What have we learned? Who do I now need to follow back up with? And then the evening is really for building community, building teamwork. So when I'm in town, we get the team together, we take other employers out, and we go work out. We do different workouts constantly. Um, and then every night I try to spend time being social. So once again, maybe we go out to eat with people. Maybe we go out for drinks with people. You know, Maybe we just go and walk around downtown. But to me, your day is supposed to be spent getting you energized. And the things that energize me are being around my team, talking to the team, being out in the community, and being social, essentially. So that's pretty yeah, much my day every day. I like it in also the fact you're communicating with everybody on the team. I like to do that too because then you can see what's going on and things with them and also what – so you can better understand every component of your business. Well, look. We use Slack and Trello so I can black and white understand what's going on, right? Like I know every second what everyone is doing and whenever I have a traditional office person say, well, how do you know what your team is doing? And I always challenge them and they say, listen – 50 plus year old, you know, executive, I know more about what my team is doing than you do through Slack and Trello and you work in an office because you don't, you don't assume communication is going to happen when you have that, right? You have to be very, um, like forthright with what you're going to be putting up there and updating to everybody. So I have that at all times, but when you talk to somebody, I just think there's a different level of communication and thought than I'm writing this formal update and this is all it is. Sometimes there's a lot of things left on the table that you don't see when they do that. So taking the morning before they jump into their day or taking the evening after they've been through their day, 
that's really when I try to spend time with them. I don't really like to, to try to bother them throughout the day because they're in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of it. That That's the two times when you can truly reflect back and forth. Both, like I said, it's a mirror. I'll, I'll use Emma as an example, right? I call him almost every morning or every evening and we kind of just reflect on, well, what are you doing? What am I doing? What are we missing? And we use each other as mirrors. Slack is a game changer, isn't it? Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I feel like it saved my life. No, um, Slack and Trello. Trello we use a lot for crowdfunding campaigns. It organizes. We still use for our events. And then Slack, it's just like it cuts your emails down completely. You can better organize it. And it, it just so – so much easier for communication. I love yep. it. For anybody listening, you got a business. You, you should have, use Slack. You Absolutely. have more than four people, five in your team. Use Slack. It's powerful. Yep. And a lot more people are using it. I don't get paid to say this at all. Um, I wish I did. But, but, but put it in the notes for a referral. <laughs> no. yeah. But anyways, uh, so let's let's go into a couple other targeted questions before we go here. And, and I want to know, what would be like your top books that you have read that have really changed how you think in anything? Yeah. So I use Audible. I love reading books or listening to books. Oh, yeah. And there's a handful that I read multiple times, right? There's a subset that I read every single year just to go back and listen to them. So the first is called Creating Magic, and it's by Lee Corkle. He was the former EVP at Disney World, and it is probably the single best management book I've ever met. And he approaches management not as like traditional. He very much looks at it as like, let me tell you a lesson. Let me tell you where I failed because I didn't use this lesson. And then when I instituted it, how it worked. And they're almost all lessons about culture first into management. So that's the first thing I like. I loved The Virgin Way by Richard Branson because he's such a weird, quirky guy, and I'm not a normal person either. So yeah. I enjoyed reading it when I'm like, oh, this is somebody else who really didn't fit in and was just kind of strange. <laughs> so um, yeah, his, his is a good book. And I love everything by Malcolm Gladwell. So yeah. David and Goliath is a really good book simply because I truly believe in that precedent of whatever that trait is that is your strength is your weakness and vice versa. It is about situational you know, awareness. That trait in the right situation will be a great asset. If you were in the wrong situation, my goodness, it's a liability. So you know, just reading that, once again, it, it makes you more mindful of your own behaviors and traits and when are you effective, when aren't you effective. And my final book that I highly recommend is Grant Cardone, The Closer Survivor Guide. Every single person that comes into sales on our team reads that book. So, and it's great on Audible because he narrates it. And he has this Louisiana accent and just hearing him um, is great. And reading it just doesn't do it justice with hearing him actually do the pitches. So It's funny, you know, Grant Cardone, you know, I got to hit him up and have him come on the show. I've been on Grant's show before. He's in Florida next week. He's down in Miami next week. He lives in Miami. Well, that's where they're doing the big boot camp next week. Oh, that's right. They're doing yeah. the boot camp. So we were at GrowthCon and talk about like selling masterpiece happening in action. I, I witnessed it. And it was so cool. But his whole thing is about selling. I mean mm-hmm. that's his shtick, like 10x everything and make money, which I love. And he's built a massive brand. And I, I love his Audible books too. Yep. I love the Millionaire Booklet, which is like you can literally read it on an hour plane ride. Yep. And it makes you think about – well, simply, if you want to make a million dollars, here, just X amount of products at this. But it just, his whole atmosphere, and I, I really, my girlfriend and I have been looking at Grant and Elena lately, just how they've built their empire, and we, like, we strive to be like that. And it's, it's so cool to see. 
But he's legit. He's intense. He's sell, sell, sell. And I, I suggest that book. I suggest any books by Grant. Um, and uh, selling. Hey, selling's a powerful thing. You need to be able to sell as an entrepreneur. Yep. I mean, everyone yep. needs to sell. I, I don't care who you are. You need to be able to sell. I, I can't tell you how painful it is when I see other startups, CEOs, or whatever co-founders start to talk about their company, and they're just god-awful at selling. I'm like, I don't care how great your product is, unless it is like the most niche, amazing, sticky product, you will fail if you cannot communicate your product. You can't. Storytelling helps you sell. Tell a great story, communication, have a great offer, and at that point, it sells itself. And then use the proof of concept, the testimonials. Yep, yep. So what would be your... Last question. What What is your best advice for entrepreneurs out there looking to get started into entrepreneurship, start their own business, or just anybody that's in a business now? What's your advice to them? Yep. I, I totally believe this because uh, I don't really believe in being an entrepreneur or trying to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I believe that when you find something that you can't sleep at night because it bothers you, right? You see something broken and it consumes your mind and it maybe you start to work on it and it's a hobby, then it's an obsession, then it turns into a company. That is to me, my, my own opinion, that's the only time you should be a entrepreneur, right? Like that's the only time you should try to do something. Not because you're like, hey, I got this really cool entrepreneurship degree from, you know, whatever, whatever college or startups look so cool and I don't want to have to work for anybody else. Like those are terrible reasons to get into a startup. You should not be able to sleep at night because whatever the problem is bothers you. And you're like, how has no one else seen this? This affects me greatly and I'm super passionate about it and everyone else thinks I'm crazy that I care about this little tiny one widget, but I'm going to make a whole business out of it. Like that's the only time that you should really go after it. I love that. That's really good, man. Um, I'm excited next time in Tampa, I'm going to be hitting you up hey. and we'll have, to, we'll have to have a drink or we'll no, this is what we're going to do. We have to go to a class. Um, then, you pick, then we can go to a drink. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> you pick it. Uh, so for the listeners, where can they find pure fit? Where they, where can they connect with you? Yeah, so if you just go to peerfit.com, and that's P-E-E-R-F-I-T, go on. You can nominate your employer. You're, if you're sitting here saying, my gosh, why does my employer not pay for me to go to Orange Theory and, and Bar Method? Uh, go on there, nominate your employer, and we'll uh, we'll make it happen. I can tell you this. Uh, with us getting ready to travel, we're going to – Samantha will be in 12 cities across the country next year. I'm A lot of peer definitely going to be using PureFit. Yes. A I'm lot gonna of Because we're going to be all over. So I, I don't know if there's like a, a system that tracks how many times you go, but I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, well, Head, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on the show. For all the listeners, highly suggest you check him out and everything at PureFit and fitness too. I mean – Strong mind, strong body, strong soul. If you want to become the best you, you have to do some kind of exercise. You need to do something that gets you going and, and gets your creativity flowing. And for me, I, I got to say, gym, like going to the gym, working out has been the number one thing, key to my success to help me stay, for one, stay sane. Because, I mean, Ed and I both know you get a little crazy and just intense sometimes and stress and all these things, but you have to work out and pick your own thing, whether it's going to a class, going for a run, a walk, whatever that may be. Um, But anyways, for all you listeners, you know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah.
Hope you enjoyed the show with Ed. After listening to the show, I hope you were going to get some Pure Fit, get some credits and try out the different studios and also work out. If you're not working out on a regular basis, you should be. Strong mind, strong body, strong soul. And for me, working out has been huge just to keep my sanity and be able to come up with some great creative ideas. So get to the gym, use PureFit, check out different uh, options they have across the country, do some regular exercise. It is everything. And don't say you don't have time because, heck, Ed or myself with our busy schedules, you make time. You certainly make time to eat every single day. That's a necessity. Well, working out or doing some regular activity exercise should be a necessity as well. You can check out more on everything about this show at the notes at livetogrind.com. Check out the notes there. And if you haven't connected with me yet, you can connect with me on Snapchat, btadams18. Snap me. Tell me your goals. Let me know how I can help you or let me know one of your favorite shows on this podcast show. That's all I got for today. You guys all know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Mm-hmm.